Last week, on this very show, I heard that Congresswoman Victoria Sparts of the 5th District of Indiana, full disclosure, my member of Congress thought it was wrong that Kevin McCarthy would keep Representative Adam Schiff and Representative Eric Swalwell from being on the House Intelligence Committee. She had put out a statement, did Representative Sparks. Two wrongs do not make a right. Speaker Pelosi took unprecedented actions last Congress to remove, to remove Representatives Green and Gosar, Mar- Marjorie Taylor Green and Paul Gosar, from their committees without proper due process. Speaker McCarthy is taking unprecedented actions this Congress to deny some committee assignments to the minority without proper due process again. As I spoke against it on the House floor two years ago, continues Representative Sparts, I will not support the charade again. Speaker McCarthy needs to stop bread and circuses in Congress and start governing for a change. I was very focused in my disagreement with Representative Sparts. In short, I believe Representative Sparks is wrong. To her credit, I received a text and an email after the show. When can we come on to discuss it? Tony Katz, Tony Katz. Today, as I said, Congresswoman Victoria Sparks joins us right now from the Indiana uh, 5th District. Now, there, there are a series of things going on that we should discuss, but let us let us start here. Uh, I appreciate the fact that you reached out. I appreciate the fact that you wanted to address this issue. You have, we're going to speak specifically about Mr. Schiff and Mr. Swalwell. Eric Swalwell has a connection uh, to what is known to be a Chinese spy and an FBI briefing told Kevin McCarthy that this is a problem. You have Congressman Adam Schiff who lied. I'm saying lied, and I don't believe even you could say he didn't lie about the connection between former President Trump and the Russians. Tell me why they should be on the House Intel Committee. Well, thank you so much, Tony, for having me. And I just want to be very clear. There is no love loss between this members and I. What I'm trying to make a point that we cannot have tit for tat and selective enforcement without proper due process. As no one is above the law, no one is below the law. And I'm not trying to defend these members. They are very concerning members. And I disagree with them quite a bit, with a lot of them. But if we are going to be standing for rule of law, presumption of innocence, against censorship, and we actually against the tyranny of a majority and mob rule, we need to make sure that we apply the same standard. You know, and, and I'm not saying we shouldn't maybe remove these people who don't place in the committee, but let's make sure if we have a specific processes for our intelligence committee, let's make sure that every member is checked. I truly believe we need to do better vetting for some of these members, not just for these two. We also need to make sure if we believe that somebody is violated some rule, at least not the cannibals and let us people to, you know, to have presumption. Not innocence doesn't work in our country at all, but at least have at least let them make their case. Go through ethics committee, you know, because you, you, you need to understand. I argue for two years, for two years in that committee, I stood on the floor defending Marjorie Taylor Greene, who I actually, on some issues, very disagree. I defended in, not to impeach President Trump with lack of due process. And Democrats were in my face, oh, Victoria, you're going to turn around and do exactly the same. 
So it loses my credibility to do that. So I told Kevin, we have to handle it differently. Not saying that some members maybe should be questioned. So that is my point. And I think we need to be better. Otherwise, we're going to lose our constitutional republic and protection of people's rights. And then we cannot complain that they are censoring our site where we're going to occur that they're doing the same. The one thing that, I, above anything that I like about you, a Representative, in our conversations on air and off air, is that you are not afraid of the engagement. Allow me to disagree with you in a very, very vocal way. We're not talking about the rule of law here. We're not talking about a court here. There is no court here. The The idea that we should allow the ethics committee to make a decision on this uh, is not the decision that Speaker Pelosi made. If you want to argue we should do it better, you can make that argument. But if we were going to discuss it just from the political point of view, what's wrong with reminding the Democratic Party that abused you for years and it has a history of abusing Republicans for years that they don't pay attention to the rules, but they demand you pay attention to the rules? What's wrong politically with saying, now you know what is, don't try it again? Well, listen, and I'm not against it, but let's just make sure they do it right, you know, because what we're doing right now, and listen, you know, we this is very dangerous, a slippery slope, when we create a tyranny majority, when we are now a majority doing what it is, they want that, because that leads to dictatorship and socialism, they understand that. What we need to make sure, we can we can just have a proposed resolution and say, okay, we're not going to do it, but you need to acknowledge what you've done to our members as well. And if they're not willing to do it, then we're going to do that. But let's make sure that we're defending some values of our republic and this institution. And we're adults in the rules because otherwise it's going to look another circus. And I'm tired of a lot of the circuses because we have some real issues. Like my Judiciary Committee will have to investigate some serious issues. And all we're doing, investigating, creating show and theater, nothing happened at the end. And I think people are tired of that. So I am not against doing it, but let's do it right and let's do it smart. Not get to the level, as I said, they won't have more rule. And Tony, I grew up under more rule. I have lots of guns and ammunition. I'm fine with it. If we want to go there, let's just say that's the rule of law. We're going to be the same mob rule, tit for tat, and let's just get into this fight, but not try to claim that we're trying to protect the rule of law because our constitutional republic is based on that the views of minorities, unless you do something wrong, are protected and being in the majority. It's unprecedented what they've done. Go and try for political reason or disliking someone, oppress minority. That is very wrong fundamentally and we cannot be trapped in doing exactly the same because that's what they want. Talking to Congresswoman Victoria Sparks from the Indiana 5th District. It's not who they want, what they want. It is who they are. And so, again, I, I must say to you, as, as, as a constituent and as a, as a radio host, as a person, uh, absolutely not. There, there, there can be no second set of rules uh, for us. The other one comes from a, a, a more logical uh, place, which is I, I, I ask you directly, do you believe in it? Yes or no. Do you believe that Representative Adam Schiff lied when he said he saw proof of Donald Trump colluding with the Russians. Do you believe he lied? Well, listen, I actually wasn't part of that investigation, you know, so I cannot really say what he said. I believe I heard a lot of that he lied, but I would have to look into that, okay, because I honestly wasn't there, okay? So I truly believe if we're going to look at different evidence, what is happening, you know, I would like to look 
deeply not who said she said, right? So I think it's important for us to look at that. What is that? How it was said? And actually kind of look and investigate it because it's a serious business. And what is interesting for me, we have people lying. We have a situation where we had Hillary Clinton and she had a lot of classified information on her private server. Nothing happened to her. Nothing happened to a lot of other people that believe above the law. But if you would have some private from U.S. Army having this classified documents, he or she would be in jail. That is double standard. So we do all this investigation and there is no result. So if we believe that things like that happen, there should be actually maybe more serious punishment for people for doing that. They just not let them be on the committee. That is really doesn't matter for him that much. He'll be in some other. So if, if I like do fundraising. If I were to ask, do you believe that Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, got a briefing from the FBI where the FBI had serious concerns, as he has described it, of Representative Eric Swalwell and his connection to a Chinese spy? Is Are you saying that's not enough to warrant his removal from something as serious as the House Intelligence Committee? Not all committees, just this one committee. That from select committee, he has, you know, his right to decide who is going to be there. That is not where the house. What I'm saying that in in the in that situation, we should start applying the same rule to every member of that committee, and maybe we should need to have better vetting of the people, not just you know because someone is in minority, so it doesn't come across as like political witch hunt, but actually it's going to be a serious process because some of the members probably shouldn't be in the committee, and the access to information that people get on that committee. There are a lot of other members there that I probably would like to look into that personally to tell you the truth. So I think that should be maybe apply, you know, to every member on that committee. And maybe we need to set a standard and see what's happening right now with a lot of classified information and abilities to, to access what's happening with other areas of our government. So maybe that's a good time to do that. But that is a little bit different about regular committee versus select committee. So if he believes that's what it is and he's going to make that statement, what I'm saying in that case, you know, he needs to bring that the same standard and say, you know what, we're going to apply to minority and majority. And we it's very serious committee. And for the sake of national security, so it's, you know, we're going to do this new processes, but it doesn't look like it's a witch hunt, because if we start making it look like a witch hunt, people will not take us seriously. The same as January 6th Commission. People knew that it was a witch hunt against Trump. So no one took it seriously, but we have some serious investigations. Some and Representative? Serious this is where we have our, our biggest disagreement, and then we are going to move on because you, you came on and you discussed it. The argument is indeed that they were engaged in a witch hunt. And now, when they are being forced to deal with the things that they do, they're expecting us to live up to a code. And what the argument is, is that they have to learn not to be this way. And I would state to you that there is an argument there that is valuable. I would do it for the logical reasons, but there are indeed political reasons that are worthy of discussing that it can't always be the left does whatever they want and the right somehow maintains a code. Meanwhile, they get abused and they lose. But before we go, and I know you're up against time as well, I did want to ask you about the sending of 31 M1A1 Abrams tanks to Ukraine. The Biden administration saying they will will do this uh, just like we are training Ukrainian soldiers on American soil about Patriot uh, missile systems. These are very complex pieces of weaponry, very complex tools, and may very well require 
more work than we recognize or work that's required on Ukrainian soil? Does the utilization or the presentation of these uh, services from the United States, these weapons to Ukraine, signal the United States getting more involved in Ukraine, including being on the ground? No, I don't think so. I think this is what just, it, unfortunately, this tank situation, like a lot of other ones, been politicized. And I think, you know, unfortunately, Germany did a lot of things improperly and that they created situation where, you know, it became a problem for them and then they needed our help. And I'll be honest with you, we need to be helping Europe, but actually we need to put pressure on Europe to handle some of things better, too. And I think that is what's done purely. These tanks are not going to change the, you know, situation on the ground. They're not even the proper tanks. There are much better lighter tanks that could be much more useful than this one. It's purely was done for political reasons because things were mishandled by NATO. And I think we were also part of this process and we didn't was not proactive like a lot. A lot of other things and let us escalate it even further because peaceful strength works much better when you create these escalations and you drag in your feet and not being proactive it only can get worse i think if we want to you know have this you know war come to an end we need to be smarter stronger and be more proactive and do less talk and and more action and unfortunately this administration failed on it Congresswoman Victoria Sparts, I appreciate you taking the time. We're going to talk about many other things uh, into the future, but all the respect, in the, even if I disagree with you, all the respect in the world uh, that that you immediately reached out and said, Let, let's talk about that. Uh, you, didn't, you didn't go through people. You reached out to me directly. Uh, all the respect in the world for that. I look forward to more conversations. Congresswoman, can't thank you enough. Representative Victoria Sparts of the Indiana 5th District. There's more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Dow is down 64, the NASDAQ down 149. And Bill Maher is joining CNN? I mean, he he, he is, but not the five-day-a-week show. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. He is not taking over, um, you know, uh, there in the in, in five nights a week. He's just coming to Friday nights. They're going to add real time with Bill Maher to its lineup on Friday nights. Wait, does that mean he's leaving HBO? I'm confused. Wait, does this mean he's leaving HBO? Is that it? There's no way he's he, that's happening. Oh, they're going to air just part of the show. Ah, now I get it. Now I get it. He does a part of the show um, called Overtime. And uh, that's going to air on CNN Fridays at 1130. So, okay, they just found a way to make a make a couple bucks. They still have not found a way to, um, well, get ratings. They haven't found a way uh, to get ratings yet. What, what was the story uh, that right now the, the ratings for CNN are the absolute lowest? There's just another story about this. We got into this last week. 
Here, here it is. CNN suffers its worst ratings week in nine years. Averaging just 444,000 viewers in prime time. 93,000 people in the 25-54 age demographic. And uh, 80,000 people in the demo for the total day. That's crazy. It's the first time since May of 2014 that the network failed to reach 450,000 viewers. MSNBC had 629,000 viewers. Fox News, 1.4. We're talking about how they view it throughout the day, right? What, what you would may have for, let's say, Tucker um, is different than how you would see things in, in, in the overall. So it's, it's, it's weird how it's done. Primetime versus daytime and, and, and all that jazz. The point is, CNN sucks. And it doesn't have to suck. It doesn't have to be this way. They still have nobody to replace Chris Cuomo. They have absolutely no one to replace him. And they... Where are they going to look? Will they look for new faces? Will they look for interesting faces? No. No, they won't. They'll look to the same old faces, the same old boring faces, and somehow try and uh, put lipstick on the pig and say, look, ain't this great? It's not great. It's absolutely not great. Look, I know they're not looking at me. I get that. But there are a lot of people to look at. Just got to be willing to change the thing. And then you have the head of CNN, um, Chris Licht, L-I-C-H-T, saying that the network isn't, I swear to you, this got said, the network is not interested in party, partisan, sorry, I was going to say party, partisan hackery. We have enough of that. What do you mean you're not interested in partisan hackery? That's who you are. That's the whole network, baby. That's the whole network. All we get is partisan hackery. I love that you want it to be different, Chris. Well, then you got to go make it different. No longer going to be home to partisan hackery or ideological talking points. Vowing that the changes he hopes to implement are meant to restore trust to the tarnished brand. Well, that's the reporting calling a tarnished brand, not him, but he talks about restoring trust. By the way, they're still looking to replace that Chris Cuomo. Uh, they did look at Marr, but now they're also looking at Trevor Noah, John Stewart, and Arsenio Hall. Of that list of three, Arsenio Hall would be really interesting. Arsenio would be interesting. I think he could actually garner an audience. Re- really and truly. I think if you gave him a, a, the flexibility to do it, talk showy kind of style, but still do, you know, the interviews, I actually think he could hit. I think he could hit in a, in a, in a big way. Find everything. TonyCats.locals.com. Oh, Ron Klain, you make everything weird. This is Tony Katz Today. 
Ron Klain really is the weirdest dude. The chief of staff to President Biden, outgoing uh, Jeffrey Zients. Or is it Zients? I think you pronounce it Zients. Meanwhile, the guy rumored is rumored to have like $5 million worth of gold in his house. Just, you know, gold bars and, and whatnot. It's super. It's super, super weird. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Good to be back. Good to be back. It was a good trip to Florida. Got a lot done. Learned uh, quite a, a, a bit. Ate the good steak. Greatest coffee in my life. Oh, oh, greatest coffee in my life. And thank you to everybody who told me where I can get it uh, cheaper. Julius Meinl, M-E-I-N-L. It's a, it's a Viennese coffee. Oh, oh my, life-changing. Life-changing. That's how good it was. Uh, but back to, to Ron Klain. Ron Klain is a super weird guy. Because Ron Klain, the chief of staff, likes to retweet other people's tweets. Of course, leftist tweets, progressive tweets, tweets that he thinks makes uh, the president look good. And in doing so, he retweeted the following. This was uh, from CBS, CBS News poll on Twitter. New CBS News poll. Public sees Biden cooperating with documents investigation. Job approval remains unchanged. Republicans see different treatment for Biden than Trump. And then it gives the link. Right? So that's the that's 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 the the the, the tweet. That the polling shows that the public sees Biden cooperating with the document investigation. And uh, the job approval remains unchanged. Unchanged. Ron Klain retweets this and writes, well, well, well. Is that supposed to be like, like some kind of, what is that? Did he, did, did he show something? Did he do something? By the way, Ron Klain follows me on Twitter, and I assume it's because he's from Indiana, and, and I, of course, from Indiana. I, what, is, what are you proud of here? Well, well, well. Like, look at this. Isn't that incredible? They think you're cooperating? Cooperating with classified documents investigation is meaningless. Why did you have them? Is, is the question. What is he doing? You know, I study this stuff day in and day out. I have absolutely no idea why he's proud of this. Why does he think that this is good? By the way, in that um, uh, part of the poll, 80% of people think that you should investigate Biden. 80% of the people think they should investigate Pence because he had a classified document. I think it was just one at this age. Is it, is it more... I, maybe I, I gotta. I was away for a couple of days. So I'll, I'll I'll make sure I get more caught up. I think it's right now still one. Seventy four percent want to investigate Trump. I don't know why it's less for Trump. Probably because president versus vice vice president, and it's very possible he declassified the 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 things. I believe in investigating all of it personally. And also the poll, to the extent that you believe in polls, has Biden's disapproval at fifty six percent. I think that's number soft. which would be an argument that 44% approve. But it doesn't always work like that. I do not believe you can find 4 in 10 Americans. I mean, cross-sections. Who are like, oh yeah, Biden? Two thumbs up. He's doing super. He's just doing great. I couldn't couldn't, uh, be happier. 
You know, what we like about Biden is that he walks into a room and he's got it all under control. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Roddy Piper, that line is such gold. Weird, weird take from the chief of staff. Which makes me think that when he retweeted this, he never actually read the poll. That just like the the White House, they are reactionary and emotional and not thoughtful. I this this concept of thoughtful is is kind of fascinating to me because you know if if you listen to my detractors uh, of course uh, as as you well know uh, i'm i i'm a fascist sure knock yourself out uh, but i i one of the commentaries i've gotten you know some people think that i'm too harsh but I, at least i'm speaking honestly some people love uh the honesty and think that you know it's it's very obvious that my interest is much more in the clarity of a situation than in maybe the the doing of a situation which I, I would argue that there's a fair amount of truth in in that. I like to make sure we're talking about the subject and then let people come to thoughts on, on the subject. I think there are a couple places where I, I don't have any quarter, like, for example, communism. I, I have no quarter uh, on communism. Communists are evil. Communism is evil. And anybody who says otherwise is wrong. And I'm not interested in a debate. I'm interested in telling them they're wrong. I can prove that they're wrong. I'm interested in the fight on that subject. And you say to me, well, maybe there's a better way to do this. Well, not always. Sometimes we just have to say there is right and there is wrong. The, the yetzer hara and the yetzer tov in the, in, in the Hebrew. The evil and the good. Uh, and, and communism is evil. End of list. There is no situation in which, well, communism may not be so bad. No, always bad. Always, always, always. Right? So I have no quarter there. But I, it, it, was, it was a... Kind of conversation as we as we build out, out the show. What makes what we do, like all of us, you and me, what, what makes this different than some of the other things that we hear and, and, and uh, on radio and see on, on video and TV? And so there's this. Someone was coming to me that maybe there's a thoughtfulness, or they believe that there's a thoughtfulness uh, to this because we're thinking about what it is. That we're talking about there, it's not just an emotional reaction. There is, it's it's based on study and and a purposefulness to how do you create a better life? How do people have a, a better life? And I'm not a believer that emotion and acting on emotion is the way to do it because your emotions will lie to you. Your emotions will lie to you like they're Bernie Madoff. They will lie and lie and lie to you. You you better you better believe it. So I I don't believe in in engaging emotionally. I have emotions. I am not a robot. I just don't believe that when it comes to policy, you should act emotionally. Ron Klain, that's all he does. If you take a look at all the retweets and the things he comments on, it is all emotionally based. Because nobody taking a look at this poll, even if you don't believe in polls like me, you're like, I am I am well out of polls. You wouldn't, you wouldn't share this. You you wouldn't be like, this is important. This is good. I'm like, because it's actually harmful. And you wouldn't take a look at the idea that your job approval remains unchanged and be like, well, look who's doing good. Fifty six percent disapproval. You're not doing good. You're not doing good. So it's it's remarkable to see. 
I'm very curious what Klain does when he leaves because he's, you know, he's rumored to be leaving as chief of staff. And I just want to know exactly how soon he gets the job at CNN. Adam Kinzinger gets the job at CNN. Is it, is it Mondaire Jones who got the job at CNN? Yeah, I have that right. I have that right. Mondaire Jones got hired at, at CNN. I mean, they, they have hired uh, Republicans a, as well. But, like, it, it, it's it's amazing, you know, how many people get the job. Jen Psaki gets the job at MSNBC. So I assume Ron Klain ends up in one of these places unless he's going to somehow go work for some other Democrat and try and get them elected. I don't see it. He's been so connected to Joe Biden his entire career that I don't see him doing uh, quite literally anything else. But to be to be proud of this is is super strange. Not as strange as the Associated Press. The Associated Press has a story about the word the. Now, we should be clear, they are the Associated Press. That's who they are. That's what we call them, the Associated Press. What they have started discussing is the fact that the word the is dehumanizing. Let me let me uh, give you an example. The French surrendered to the Germans during World War II. The use of the term the French is, in the words of the Associated Press, inappropriate. They put out on Twitter, we deleted an earlier tweet because of an inappropriate reference to French people. We did not intend to offend. Writing French people, French citizens, etc. is good, but quote the unquote terms for any people can sound dehumanizing and imply a monolith rather than diverse individuals. Will this be applied to the LGBTQ community? Oh, I can't wait to see how the Associated Press deals with this. Instead, they write using words such as people with mental illnesses or wealthy people, as opposed to the mentally ill or the wealthy. Use these descriptions only when clearly relevant and that relevance is made clear in the story. The Associated Press doesn't want you to say the wealthy or the rich or the poor or the blacks or the whites or the LGBTQ community, it seems, although they haven't ruled on that one yet. How often have we said that uh, LGBTQ, um, who said they all agree? And why do you call it LGBTQ? Can't, uh, aren't these people individuals with individual thoughts and individual ideas and individual theories? No, 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 because uh, the, the left, for example, and the Associated Press, uh, but I repeat myself, uh, views them as a political movement, not as people, which I, of course, find offensive and disgusting and very anti-gay, uh, and, and uh, I certainly want no part of that. I think you should look at people as individuals. The Associated Press, sorry, Associated Press, people who work at Associated, nope, it's the Associated Press. It's like living in California. When I lived in California, you know, in any place else um, you drive, uh, uh, what do you take when you live in New Jersey? Well, you can take the Guard State Parkway or you could take uh, the New Jersey Turnpike, right? There you'd say the. Um, in, in Indiana, um, 
it, it's, you know, 465, 69, 65, 70, 74. Those are the roads that you would take. In California, it's the 5 or the 405. Always the 5 to the 101 to the... That's always the way it would be discussed. And I actually had to break myself of the habit, having moved to Indiana from Los Angeles, about that concept. The 69, the the 65, the 70, the 74. That's how I said it at first. But that's not how it is said. You take 70 to this and that and the other and do the other thing. It's the Associated Press. If we're talking about the French, we're talking about the French. Talking about the Russians, we're talking about the Russians. Now, there are some places where you can argue that in context this could be a problem. Like if I were to talk about the Jews, what do you mean the Jews? Right? Like that could be seen depending on the conversation. Whoa, danger, Will Robinson. But it's not a terminology that is outright offensive. You know, uh, the, the the French elect a new president. Using that as an example, what's so wrong with that? The 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 Israelis uh, get a new prime minister because you wouldn't say Jews because you would say Israelis, right? So, so that one is a little bit different. The Israelis elect a new prime minister. What's what's what is wrong with that? The answer is nothing. This is the Associated Press again playing on emotion. That's what they're doing. They're they're playing on emotion, and and they have forgotten how to be the, the these grounded, rational people. They have no they have no place for being rational. Why should they? Just throw stuff out this like this out there, and then people will, of course, um, uh, state that oh, look how, look how much they care. Look how decent. None of this is decent. None of this is is rational. None of this is provides a better uh, journalism or a better education or better anything. It's finding more ways to pretend to accept people being offended as opposed to saying, yeah, you get offended too easily and then moving on with your day. Some people get too offended too easily and some people want to make profit off of that and by forcing you to change how you speak and how you engage. Nah. Nah, don't don't do that. And And also, when you're quoting an article, make sure you've read it first. Don't just don't just share something because of the headline. That's that's emotional. I think it's better to be rational. <laughs> that's emotional. I think you should read. Oh, Ron Klain. What is he gonna do next? Find everything, Tony This is Tony Katz today. So there is a mom in Florida who wants to volunteer at her kid's school, but she's not allowed to. They've said, you are not welcome. Banned from volunteering at the school because your job, uh, you you, uh, have a page on OnlyFans. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Um. She started on OnlyFans because, as she says, she didn't want a nine-to-five job. She wanted to be involved with her kids. She wanted to work when she wanted uh, to to work. So she started a page on OnlyFans, which means she uh, gets into various stages of undress 
And um, uh, there are photos and maybe videos and people pay to, uh, to look at them. The question is, why can't she volunteer at the kid's school? Why is this an issue? Why, why is she being told no? Because it's suggestive or provocative? Because she's hotter than the other moms and they feel bad about themselves with their Karen haircuts? Oh, I'm sorry. Did I get too close to the bone on that one? Honestly, I find this whole thing very weird. I am not interested in how people go about uh, making their money. And if you say to me, well, Tony, there got to be standards. Um, do I get to volunteer in the school as a conservative radio host? Do I? What if you work in big oil or big pharma? Do you still get to volunteer at the school? What's worse, wearing lingerie or destroying the planet? I just want to know what kind of standards this school system has. And once you realize that everybody's crazy, let this woman volunteer. What do you what do you care? Parents who want to be involved in their kids' education aren't looking to others to determine whether or not they have some kind of worth or value based on their employment. She's doing something legal with adults who pay for the service that's not being thrown in their face. Good on you, capitalist. Schools are just silly sometimes. TonyCats.locals.com. TonyCats.locals.com. This is Tony Katz today.